in has come, well, that is awesome. Each month we're learning a verse, uh, not just the kids, but us as adults. Our focus this year is on the Word. And uh, if you haven't got the uh, Word card, there's a verse per month. And uh, we will learn March's verse. We'll start that next week, but you can start at home. So uh, grab one of those if you haven't already off the info table. And hopefully you've got one at home in your Bible. And uh, just read it each day and uh, memorize it together. Uh, the essential Jesus, as was already mentioned, these copies up the back there, um, it's actually the Gospel of Luke in a modern translation. There's a quick overview of the Bible story uh, before it. Then there's the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and then there is an explanation of how to put your faith and trust in Jesus at the end of it. Um, and uh, it's a great little thing. At Vision Dinner, if you remember back then, uh, we talked about the Word, not only reading it, memorizing it this year, but that we would read it ourselves and give five copies away. And we, we talked about maybe giving a whole Bible, then I got a bit of feedback, maybe that's just a bit of overkill, maybe they'll never read it. So this one is a nice little summary. Uh, these are $4. Hopefully, once we've uh, uh, got enough people who uh, want to do this, we will then, I think we've been able to get a price for about $2 each. So if you buy five of them, only 10 bucks. if my maths is correct. Better check with somebody. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and then the idea is that over this year to be praying for who can I give one of these copies to? And uh, just so you might find that useful, if you ever read some of the original documentation on Jesus, not what people say about him, but somebody who lived at his time and actually researched all the facts. And uh, it's by Dr. Luke, and uh, he investigated all the stories and uh, wrote this. So uh, here is a, have a read. And uh, so the idea is during the month of March that we take a copy and read a chapter a day, all right? So with the other devotions, so we've read it. So grab a copy, even if you haven't got four bucks a day, grab a copy, take it home, chapter a day, and read it, read it through so you know what you're handing away, and then we'll begin to pray, Lord, who should I give a copy of the Gospel of Luke to? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Good. All right, you're there. All right, welcome to Partnership Sunday, and we'll just see that this is going. Everybody point. Ah, there we go. No, go back. There. <laughs> Welcome to Partnership Sunday. It has a mind of its own, this little one. And uh, that's based on a scripture in Philippians chapter 1 that we talked about last week. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Sorry, Michael, I've just wrecked that too and it's gone off. Ah, it's coming back. I always, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus or when Jesus returns. So here at Outlook, we uh, have a high view of membership, of being part of the church family. And we have a high view of the church, and I want to talk about that this morning. And we ask people to commit to partnership. At the end of the service, we're going to give out our partnership covenant renewal. And if you're already a partner, we actually renew our partnership each year. So we don't become a partner and just on a roll for the rest of life, even whether we're involved or not. We're saying, no, we recommit to be partners in ministry. Uh, it's not just a name on a roll. We're committing to be partners in fellowship in active fellowship and ministry together. And so we're renewing it. Or if you're not and you'd like to consider it, there's a place there to fill out as well. We'll come to that at the end. At Outlook here, 
we say everyone who is a partner is a minister. So we don't just have one minister. We have, can't remember the number of ministers we now have. But every member is an active minister. The first priority of each active minister is reaching out to newcomers and to the community. And the second priority is caring for each other within the body. And then the active ministers approve a few broad decisions uh, for the church and entrust the leadership to the pastor and the board uh, work and the staff working together. So to put that in one, two, three, four, every partner is an active minister. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. Our first priority reflects the heart of God, the story that Jesus told who left the 99 to look for the one lost sheep. Lost people matter. And the second priority is caring for one another, one another in the fold of the 99. And uh, so that's, that's where we're going. Our mission is, and we're doing that, because we want to help people in Toowoomba and beyond to become fully devoted followers of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just to make a decision and then go their own way, but to continue to follow fully and completely and passionately our Lord Jesus for the rest of their life. And we see a fully devoted follower as uh, living out five things. They're connected to Christ and His church. They're growing in their faith through reading the Word, and that's the focus this year, to read the Word and memorize the Word and pass on the Word and share the Word. And uh, they serve in ministry with the gifts God has given them, and they reach out to people far from Him, and they gather together to worship. So how do you see the church? I think there is a low view of the church, and sometimes rightly so, because of what some individuals have done within the church. But what is God's view of the church? Is it just an organization? Is it a club? Is it just somewhere to go when you've got nothing else to do on Sunday morning? Uh, is it just a sort of, you know, maybe if I'll go, maybe not? Uh, depends on what's on this weekend. How, how do you view the church? I want us to grasp this morning what the Bible teaches and what God thinks about the church. I want your view of the church to dramatically change. I don't know what it is, but from people I talk to, I want it to dramatically change this morning. So you ready for that? Let's pray. Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit right now, through your word, would open our eyes, touch our hearts to grasp and to understand a little more clearly just what you think and how you feel about your church. That we may become passionate about your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. As a young man... My parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea. I knew a lot about Jesus. I was involved in church. But the thought of ever being a minister of a church was the furthest thing from my mind. Why would you ever do that? The church, the problems and the issues and the people. It would be wonderful if it just wasn't for the people, wouldn't it? You know, and you think, why would I ever want to do that? And I was involved with an evangelistic group called Open Air Campaigners, and we did kids' ministry on the beaches and at schools and around the place. And that's where I was in, you know, doing egg science and doing that on the, in my spare time. And uh, you'd sort of go to church, but, you know, you were out there. We wanted to get out there and see people under Jesus. 
and share the gospel and uh, paint and draw and do all sorts of other things and uh, just sort of like we're going to do at the Streets and Lanes Festival later on that you'll hear more about and hopefully you'll be involved in. And uh, the last thing was to ever be a minister of the church, let alone becoming a reverend. Who would want to do that? Until I went to theological college and I started to study the Bible and sat under a man by the name of Doc Gibson. He was an older gentleman at the time. He's in heaven now. And uh, he just loved Jesus. He was a brilliant man. He's in Australia's book of who's who. If you want to read how many degrees he has, it's all there. I mean, I don't know when he got the time. Every new Christian book until very recently, uh, he would read as it came out. He, He was just, what I loved about him, he was brilliant, but he loved Jesus at the same time. (laughs) It was both. And um, he just began to teach about the church. In the end, it was as if the Spirit of God says, I want you to become a pastor of a church and do your evangelism through a church and help the church catch my passion and my heart, get involved in the church because I love the church and I died for the church and I'm creating the church and I'm coming for the church. So I want to give you three images from the Bible about the church that hopefully will expand your mind and your heart and your view of the church. There are three metaphors that the Bible gives. The first it's spoken of as the temple of God. The temple of God. Jesus said, if anyone loves me and will obey my teaching, my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. We will make him our dwelling place. We will rest in him. When I'm born again of the Spirit, God's Spirit merges with my spirit and I'm recreated, regenerated, born again of the Spirit of God. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Naos Theu, the Holy of Holies. It's the word that is used for the temple. And then there was the inner sanctuary and part of that was the very special place where the Ark of the Covenant we saw where the kids was housed. The word for that special place where the Ark of the Covenant was and the cherubim were there and the Shekinah glory of God came down and the priest could only come in once a year and that with a sacrifice of blood. Otherwise, to come into the presence of the Holy God, you would die instantly unless you came with blood to cover your sin, the blood of the Lamb. And we now come into the very presence of God by the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, we, you and me, have become the Naos Theo, the Holy of Holies. God has made his dwelling in you. You are the tabernacle of God. That's why the Scripture challenges us of what we do. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. That's why the scripture goes on. Don't use your body in adultery. Don't use your body in fornication. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Not just because that's wrong. It is. Don't hook up with a prostitute. Why? Don't marry someone who's not a believer. Why? Young people, you'd like to be married one day? Wait for God to bring someone who also loves Jesus. Why? Because I said so, no. If you're truly the temple of God, he goes on to say, how in the world 
Can I take the temple of God, the holy of holies, and join it up with anything that's not of God? Does not compute, should not be done. Because I'm not my own. I've been bought with the price of the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God. And I've now become the dwelling place of the Holy One. You see, we don't come into a temple. We are the temple. We are the temple. This is the temple of God. Because if you go on in the Scripture, in Corinthians says, speaking in the plural now, those other verses were in the singular, you're the dwelling place of God. But then Paul says, don't you know that you yourselves, in the plural, are God's dwelling place, God's resting place, God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. How do you view the church? Better be careful. It's God's dwelling place. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. They're strong words. So my view of the church changed. It's not just an organization, not just a group of misfits getting together. It's the dwelling place of the living God. It's his holy place, his resting place. He rests in us and we're to rest in him. And so when we meet together, this is the temple. And that's why I encourage us that praise should come out of the temple to God. So don't worry that we haven't got the fanciest facility that we can get all the atmosphere. I know young people, you'd probably be nice, you know, if we have lights and, you know, we can darken it and do all the atmosphere. That, that's sort of on the physical, that's great. But if we really grasp who we are and come with that attitude and that heart and praise comes out of the temple to God as we meet together as God's holy place, God's holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. Not only you individually, you corporate are the temple of God. The church is the temple of the living God. And when we gather together and grasp that reality, the presence and power of the living God can be released in a special way as we pray together, as we worship together, as we honor him together because we are the temple of the living God. And my prayer is that we grasp that when new people come in, they will sense not the great building. They will sense that God is here. And that's why we want to invite people to come see the temple where the Shekinah glory is. God's people gathered where God dwells. And let him impact their life. The church is the temple of God. Secondly, the other picture is the church is the body of Christ. It's probably a fairly common one. We talk about it, but Paul talks about it in two different ways. In Ephesians and in Colossians, he speaks about uh, the church as the body of Christ and Christ as the head of the church, as Christ is the head and the church is the torso, the body. And the focus there, when he uses the metaphor that way, is that Christ is the boss. 
And the purpose of the body is to fulfill the desire of the head, is it not? The head is not trying to follow the hand. No, the hand moves and acts for the head. And so the picture Paul is saying there, that Christ is the head of the church. The board is not the head of the church. Or the diagonal, or the whoever the organization you've organized it as. The pastor is not the head of the church, nor the priest. Biblically, Christ is the head of the church. And our purpose is, is to discover the desire of the head and fulfill it. So the head for control and the body for the expression of the head and every part working in unison together to fulfill his purpose. That's the picture that Paul puts in Ephesians and Colossians. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's why the board meeting, the first board meeting of the year coming up uh, very soon, the primary focus is connection with Christ. And there's probably lots of things that need to be talked about, but our primary focus is connection with Christ, the head of the church. Let's spend some time in prayer and listening and talking and praying. Sometimes we think that's not work. But if he's the head and we're the body, then the bottom line is, it's not about everybody, it's not a democracy, it's a theocracy, Christ is the boss. And our role, through whatever structure we have, depending on what church you belong to, is to seek to find out what the head wants and fulfill it. The church is the body of Christ. That's one picture. Paul uses it again in Corinthians, but it's a different emphasis. And that, speaking of the church as the body of Christ, but he talks about eyes and ears and nose, and we're all different parts of it. And so that's talking about function. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. We're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, and we're all given to the one spirit to drink. Now the body is made up of many parts. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Did you get that? It really doesn't matter if you're leading worship like Leah was today or if you're greeting at the door or you're doing the coffee. It really doesn't matter whether you're on data or you're, you're preaching. The body needs every part. Do you realize how important your thumb is? Ever try to pick up a full glass of water without a thumb? Experiment at home over the sink, all right? Not like I did with the coffee this morning before church and poured it all down my front. Okay, so I had to walk around a bit naked for a while and I cleaned it up in front of the fan. But it's very hard doesn't seem very important and some of our thumbs are a bit strange and double jointed but it doesn't matter it's needed if it's going to pick up a glass and you might think my role and my gifts are really not important but that's not what God thinks 
And you sort of think it doesn't really matter if I'm not part of a church, doesn't really matter if I'm not there, doesn't really matter if I'm not involved. It's not what God says. How can you say? How in the world can you say to the head, the hand's not important so I won't turn up? What right do you have to say to the head? Oh, I'm just a foot. I'm not a mouth so I'm not important. So it doesn't really matter if I'm a good foot or a bad foot or a stupid foot because nobody will notice. You see, we're not doing it for each other, we're doing it for the head. Christ is the head of the church. We're his body and each of us has a part to play. And the health of the body and Christ fulfilling his purpose is that each one of us discovers what our gifts and ministry is and works together in unison to fulfill the purpose of the head. Do you get it? Do you get it? The church is the body of Christ. He is its head. We are his body to fulfill his purposes, working in unison together. And if those two don't blow you away, this better. The church is the bride of Christ. That's how God sees it. That's how the scripture talks about it. So much so that it's saying, if you want to know how to live in your marriage, you don't explain the church and Jesus by your marriage. No, you, you help to learn about marriage from Christ and the church. Get it the right way around as the Bible puts it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word, the purpose of the word of God to transform us and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. For this reason, because Christ loved the church, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But hang on, I'm talking about Christ and the church. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So if you want to develop your marriage, look at the attitude of Christ to his church. He sacrificed his life for his church. He indwells the church. He's committed to the church. He's growing and developing the church so it will become beautiful so he can present the church to his father as a beautiful, spotless, perfect bride. And then how do we often speak about the church? How would you like, I gather, were you best man at Gary's wedding? You were best man at Gary's wedding. Gary, I just met you this morning, I'm putting you on the spot here. How would you feel if your best man came up and looked at your bride and went, oh, fancy marrying her, oh. Wait, oh, 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 goodness, you're going to have rocks in your head. Yes, oh dear. Oh. How do you feel? But how do we, often do we talk about the church like that? And you don't think that Christ doesn't get upset? It's his bride. It's his wife. That's how the scripture talks in the book of the Revelation. The final picture is the new Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And his bride, he has made itself re herself ready. Come and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. It's talking about the church. It's talking about the church. 
I know we need to work together and do things better. But so often we can sit on the outside and just criticize the church and critique the church as if it's over there. But we together are the temple of God. We're not out there, we're in here. We are the body of Christ together, seeking to know what the head wants and working in unison together. And if that's not enough, we are the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. And he says, if you want to know what your marriage should be like, look how he treats the church. Do you want to know how to treat your wife, fellas? Look how Christ treats the church. That's where you read the Bible, then you can learn. That's the view of the church from the Bible. Now I'll need some people to help me here. Because when we come to look at the church, there's some other things around that people say. Okay, I need, I need three people. will do. Just volunteers. Come stand up here. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. One more. One more. Thank you. Now you're gonna, we're gonna rattle off like the army, you know. Um, names from the right. James, Riley, Ezekiel. Have again. James, Riley, Ezekiel. Very good. Give me a hand. Thank you. All right. Just take one step out from each other. All right. Now, sometimes in Christendom, we see this is a group of people over here, and there's a church there. There's a group of people here and there's a church there. There's a group of people and there's a church here. And sometimes we get this idea, well, there's all these, you know, so we need to somehow get together. And so we, we think we need to be one church and we need to join hands. Sorry, friends, you could have to join hands. Okay. And so we tend to think that the church equals church one plus church two plus church three. And we really don't have the church until it's plus and plus. All right? And so then we have the church. But that's not biblical. Theologically, church one is the church. Church two is the church. Church three is the church. That's why... Baptists, don't talk about the Baptist Church of Australia, we talk about the Baptist Union of Churches. Each local church is the church. Christ is the head of the church. And the body is capable of functioning with the gifts that are there under leadership to fulfill the purpose. And the church is people in fellowship under leadership. Paul went preaching the gospel. People came to faith and they came together in fellowship. Then he went back a year later or so and he set up leadership of the church in Ephesus or Corinth and the church it wasn't that the church wasn't fulfilled till Corinth connected with Philippi to collect at the Thessalonians no there was a church in Philippi there was a church then another group of people under leadership there was a church in Ephesus another group of people under leadership there was a church in Thessalonica You see, sometimes we also pray for unity. I say we're already one. We are one in Christ. That's what God has done. We don't have to achieve it. He's already done that. So it's like this. 
Okay, I'm going to... So it's not church one plus church two plus church three equals the church. Stand behind each guy. You come forward, Ezekiel. There's one church, but this one church is there and there and there. It's like God. The word is ubiquitous. That is, God is everywhere present at the same time. So if God dwells in you, does that mean you've just got a part of God and, and then I've got about a one-hundredth of God and he dwells in you too by his Holy Spirit. So have you got a you know, one-thousandth of God? No, God dwells in you. He's not exhausted, but, but God also dwells in me. He's fully there, fully here. He's everywhere fully all the time. And his body, the church, is the same. And I want you to step out. It just sort of... So there's one church... But there's church A and there's church B and there's church C. Each church is the church. Does that make sense? All right. And so when we come to partnership, you need to commit to a body of Christ. Church A, and then they might have a particular name, or church B, and they might have a particular name, or church C, they might have a particular name. You need to decide... Are they seeking to follow the head? Do they believe the Bible? Are they a Christian church, not just using the name church? But get involved somewhere. People in fellowship, under leadership, seeking to do what the head wants. Every church is the church. That's why I remember getting into trouble for saying this. But I used to say this. There's no church like this church anywhere near this church. This is the church. I want you to be so passionate about the church you belong to. And if God takes you up and moves you somewhere else, I want you to get passionate about that church that you're involved in. Because God has put you there to be a thumb or a finger and part of the bride. But it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere present at the same time. So church one is the church, church two is the church, church three is the church. Thank you, gentlemen. Give them a hand. So that's just the background as I come in on the final run here to focus on our partnership covenant. The church, we believe, is made up of baptized believers. And that's what we say in the first part of our covenant, putting our name there. I put my faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, evidence in this by being baptized in his body. So the church is made up of believers in Christ who believe that Jesus died, was buried, rose again from the dead, ascended to the Father and is coming in power and glory to rule and reign on the earth. We're believers in Christ who is God come in the flesh. We have been initiated by his spirit, evidencing that in believers' baptism. As we say, he died and was buried and rose again from the dead. And I had somebody this morning tell me they want to be baptized. Yes! All right. It's sort of, you know, people say, well, we're in love. We don't need to get married. No, it's a public declaration of a vow to be committed to one another. And baptism is that to Christ. And he's commanded us to be baptized. And so we're baptized as believers. And we're committed to Christ and his church. And that's what our partnership covenant is talking about. And we say a couple of things in our partnership covenant. I will protect the unity of my church by acting in love towards other members, by seeking resolutions of differences privately and graciously, by refusing to gossip, and by supporting and following the leaders. On holidays, we went to a little church in Brisbane. Only about 20, 30 people there, was it? And, um, and uh, as we're going in, I met this retired older gentleman, shook his hand, 
and I knew who he was. He didn't, re he didn't know who I was then. And he said, oh, what's your name? And I said, oh, John Merriweather. And I sort of, sort of noticed a glance in his eyes. We went in, service was over on the way out. He said, um, excuse me, I, I, I don't know whether you remember, but I need to apologize to you and ask for your forgiveness. 20 years ago, I treated you in a way, I can't remember all the details, but I know it was wrong. And I'm wondering if you could forgive me. I do remember, my wife remembers it in great detail. Because <laughs> uh, I had to go, I said, well, look, I, I do remember something happened. And um, yes, but my brother, you've forgiven. Just go in peace and serve Jesus. Um, 20 years later, there's more power to him. More power to him. Fixing things 20 years later. We're not even fellowshipping in the same community. And, uh, and I, my wife reminded me of this. I was doing a mission. Now, you don't need to know the details of what happened. I will protect the unity of my church. Secondly, I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the unchurched to attend, by warmly welcoming those who visit. By praying for its growth. That's why we have the, the impact cards. Lord, give me names of five people I can start praying for. That's why we want to give them a, a gospel of Luke later on this year. And uh, we've got a great opportunity coming up. And this week, 30,000 of those leaflets are going to every home. 40 core flutes have gone up. You've made that possible through your giving at Vision Dinner. But don't just expect those leaflets to bring people. That's not the purpose of advertising. The purpose of advertising is to raise awareness. So as you're praying, who to invite? People come through personal invitation. That's why our strategy is build friends with people far from God. Pray for them. Share a verbal witness and invite. This is just another excuse to follow through on your prayers and invite someone. And then it, hopefully it won't be so new. Oh, I got that in my letterbox. Oh, I saw the core flute. Yeah, that, yeah, connected to that. We're putting that on. Would you like to come? You know, you've raised questions to me about how can there be a good God if there's all this suffering in the world. Well, we're going to talk about that on Saturday night. Why don't you come with me? Or you can't trust the Bible. There's a whole lot of fairy tales. Why don't you come a Sunday morning? And uh, so uh, there are a whole heap of those to give out. And please take as many as you like and use them. Pray God. And I want to encourage you to don't give up. Because something else strange happened on holidays. I mean, this is two weeks apart. <laughs> and another apology. What have I done to people? You know. All right, so um, I get this email. I'm in the Middle East visiting family. Dear Reverend Merriweather, I write on the off chance that you spent time in Horsham, Victoria in 1974, 75, 76. Would you be that John Merriweather? Question mark. Must have saw it on website or something or somewhere. So I sent an email back and saying... Uh, Yes, I am that John Merriweather. Oh, thank you, John. I was a student nurse from 74 to 77. I am not particularly proud of the way I treated the Horsham Church of Christ community in those years. I was part of the Christian group at the Ag College. We connected with the local Church of Christ and were involved in their youth group. And uh, I had a blast. Early morning Saturday prayer meetings for a revival, street witnessing, running coffee shops, people coming to know Jesus. It was God did something special. But not everybody, even inside or outside of the church, liked the idea, you know. And so there was a bit of pushback 
He was one of them. I'm not particularly proud of the way I treated the Horsham Church of Christ communion in those years. In recent years, this is 40 years ago, in recent years I've come to understand a little more about confession, repentance and forgiveness. I apologise apologize to you for the arrogance and dismissing, dismissive behaviour. I request forgiveness. So of course I, I wrote back and shared about Christ's forgiveness God wasn't sure where he was coming from and absolutely as Jesus had forgiven me and then he says many thanks for your kind words and words of forgiveness it's been a bumpy road sometimes oh and he went on to some of his bumpy road I now worship in community at Abbotsford Baptist 40 years later don't give up you might plough the ground to get somebody thinking. You might sow the seed. You might water the plant. And every now and again along the track, God might give you the privilege of reaping the harvest of what somebody else is saying. I don't know who led him to Jesus in the end. But way back 40 years ago, he heard about Jesus through that group of keen young adults like we got here at Horsham Church of Christ. And at that time, he wasn't too impressed and he push back on it but 40 years later God didn't give up on him and people were praying for him and 40 years later he's part of a worshipping community and he's experienced forgiveness of sin I want to encourage you you might not have seen anything happen you've been praying for 8 years since we've started Outlook or 9 years whatever we're up to but don't quit don't quit I will share the responsibility of the church praying for its growth Inviting the unchurched to attend. We've got a great opportunity to do here by warmly welcoming those who visit, even if they've said no before. Just say, you might be interested in this. Or look, blame your pastor. Look, sorry about this, but my pastor's told me I've got to give this to five people and you're one of them. Please take a read. If you can come, great. If you don't want to come, who cares? i just got to do what I've been asked. Do, do it as you... I don't care how you do it. Just, just take them out and... Ask God, or maybe you know somebody you've spent a lot of time with and said, look, we talked about before, you're not really interested, but look, there's some questions here you might be interested in having a look at. What's going to happen is we'll probably have a couple of songs to start, and then he will give a presentation for 30 minutes on the topic, and then there'll be Q&A for 45 minutes, and people can get up and ask a question um, related to the topic. So people, it'll be a great Q&A time, and then we'll have coffee afterwards. So all our family can come. We're not offering crèche to elsewhere, but if we've got a couple of people who can run a crèche for us during those sessions, uh, then then we'd be great if we'd come as couples and whole families and primary school, older primary can join in. And listen, he'll be here Friday night and all day Saturday and Sunday. And then I will serve the ministry of the church by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped to serve by my pastors and by developing a servant's heart. And uh, Warwick is working on this course to help us to look at what our gifts and abilities are and that will be coming on later in the year. And I will support the testimony of my church by attending faithfully, by living a godly life and by giving regularly. May I encourage you in partnership that it's a priority, not an option. I don't have to make the decision every Sunday, will I gather with God's people? It's what I do. I'm already committed. I'm part of the temple. I'm part of his body. By living a godly life, 
that the people see out there what we sing about in here. We live out there what we're learning in here. And by giving regularly, and we're able to do all this because of the faithful giving of God's people, whether at church or whether online, whether a weekly thing or the one-off gifts, and there's some details there for you. Because ultimately we believe it's not ours, it's His. And we're managing His resources for His kingdom. That makes sense? What's your view of the church? What's your view of the church? We're going to hand out partnership cards now, okay? We're going to do something practical. So those are handing them out. Just grab one, whether you want it or not, all right? You can leave it on the seat, but just grab one. There should be a pencil next to you, and we'll have a whole heap of extra pencils. We're going to work through this, because otherwise it'll never get done. Just smile at the person next to you and say, we'll put up with him. Just follow him for the moment, all right? It'll look like that, a partnership renewal. Grab a card, high school and up. There should be plenty there. And then, whether you're a partner or not, can I encourage you to redo the front? It's not 2019, just by the way. Put your name and address, your email, your mobile, and okay, your date of birth. I turned 65 Friday. Okay, so I'm an old fella now. So uh, put your date of birth, 1st of March, 1954. That's mine, not yours. If you need a pen, pen put your hand up. And uh, there should be a box of pens. Uh, Jeffrey will grab, the, uh, grab them. Now, the photo on the side there is... We've got a church directory and it's on a mobile. We're wanting to get that really up and running. So after church, while you're having after morning tea, uh, there's lots of things happening after church. Pick up a book, sign up for the, the weekend with Dan Patterson. Get your photo taken. Just a mug shot, every individual in the family. And uh, later on you can get in and you can update it and put on a nicer one with a better smile. But if today, uh, Ash will be over, over there, I think, uh, taking bunk shots. All right, that's why the photo's there to remind me. Okay, now, once you've done that at the top, if you go to the bottom, if you're already a baptized believer and you've already done the Discovering Outlook course and you're a partner and you were at the end of last year a partner, then all you need to do is tick, I'm renewing my partnership with Outlook and the date today is the 3rd of March and sign it. However, above that is this. I want to become a partner. Tick what's appropriate. I've committed my life to Christ. Or maybe on the bottom line, I want to commit my life to Christ. I've been baptized as a believer. Or maybe I want to be baptized as a believer. I need to attend the Discovering Outlook course. Or these two of those, so you can choose either one. I need to attend the Discovering Outlook course. So that you know a little bit more detail about the church you're committing to. So fill in the, your personal details there and then either renew your partnership and these will be available. If people say, oh, I missed the Sunday, tell them they'll be available and you can do it and put in the offering uh, next week for family or friends who are not here today. Or if you're interested in becoming a partner, with us in ministry here at Outlook, if you're not already, then 
fill in the details above and then tick the appropriate box, of course, don't date and sign it because you're not renewing your partnership. You'd like to become a partner and we'll let you know when the next Discovering Outlook course is on and then we'll welcome you into partnership at a service. That makes sense? I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I hope you'll want to become partners with Outlook and have a high view of his church. It is the temple of the living God, the naos the you, the holy place, the holy of holies. We rest in him and he rests in us. We are his body, he is the head. And each part working in unison to fulfill the purpose of the head. And we are his bride. Together as his church, we are his wife, the bride of the Lamb that is purifying, perfecting, working in. And he works in us as he works with us together. And you actually don't choose to belong to a family, actually. You are born into it. And when you're born again into the family of God, you need to identify with the family of God, whether it's this one or someone. Identify with them. They'll have their own little process, but identify with them. And become a partner in ministry. Let's pray, and then we'll collect the cards. Finished. Lord Jesus Christ, we know our own hearts and we're amazed that you should love us and die for us, suffer for us. We're amazed that you want us in your family as part of your bride. We're amazed that you want to make your home in us by your spirit that we come your temple. We're amazed that you can use us to fulfill your purposes in the world as your body. So, Father, we pray that you will help us together here at Outlook, that we will become a temple, a place where God dwells and is at rest and is at home and is honored and worshipped and praised, and people will sense your presence. We will pray that we will be an incredible body of yours. That you will be able to speak and we will obey. That we will work together in unity, in unity, all the different parts working together. Supporting one another in order to fulfill your desire to seek and to save the lost. And we will allow your Holy Spirit to change us and transform us as we read your word, as we challenged as iron sharpens iron as we live together that you would transform us into this beautiful bride that you want to present to your father on that great day so Lord we take partnership seriously because you love the church and we recommit ourselves to be partners of this local church called Outlook Christian Church and wherever you take us in the future, Lord, may we find your church and become a partner in ministry.
So, Lord, bless every recommitment, anoint them for ministry, and encourage every desire to be part of your family. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to pass the black buckets around now, and that's just collecting the, uh, the partnership card.